back, SpectatorNews.com listeners. This is the Triple Threat Podcast, the Spectator's very own. We've got Ellis Williams here, managing editor of the Spectator. Got Trent Tetzloff, sports editor of the Spectator. Got me, EIC. We're ready to go. We're going to keep it kind of brief tonight uh, because we are essentially leading up to what will be our biggest podcast of the year. going to try to get all of our official members of the podcast. That is off-campus sports reporter Nick Erickson. That is Blue Gold quarterback Joel Newman. It'll be good. We'll have a blast. Maybe we'll play some Google Feud. I don't know. We'll figure it out, but it'll be a good time. But let's get started, guys. Thursday Night Football had the Bills. You had the Jets. Called the Christmas uniform matchup. You can call it the colorblind man's worst nightmare. Uh, let's talk about it. I personally loved the Jets uniforms, and I couldn't get over it the entire game. They kind of reminded me of, on a higher scale, uh, Marshall from West Virginia on a lower scale, Bemidji State. I really liked the all green. thought it was really sick. But let's talk about the actual game, not the unis, or it's your call. Go ahead, Trent. What do you think? Um, first of all, I just wanted to give a shout out to you. How did you know what Bemidji State's uniforms looked like? Well, there are a few reasons why, but I can't believe you're actually giving me this poll right now. <laughs> uh, and you can check out this week's issue of The Spectator. In fact, it's this month's issue of The Spectator. Did a feature on junior wide receiver for the Blue Golds football team, Matthew Knopp. And for Matthew, he was originally at Bemidji State, a Division II school in Minnesota. I saw the, their uniforms then, but other than that, I have friends from my high school that went to Bemidji State. They're Beavers right now. I've seen their pictures on Facebook. I'm pretty familiar with their gear. So that's fair that. Fair enough, fair enough. Since I do not have NFL Network, I was stuck streaming this game last night. Uh, the stream is not very good quality. So did not get a very great look at the uniforms last night. But from what I saw, I was uh, pretty interested in these uniforms. And uh, the game is a very close, uh, hard-fought game. Uh, It was really interesting to see how Rex Ryan uh, was able to get his guys very uh, amped up for this game against uh, his old team. Um, to come in there and have Shady McCoy and uh, Carlos Williams um, dominate the game. Defense looked great uh, for the Bills and actually the Jets as well last night. I had the Jets defense on my fantasy team. They did not disappoint uh, per usual. However, uh, the the Bills were able to prevail. They just overall were the better team. Yeah, kind of, you know, I guess I'll say it kind of sad that this is arguably Rex Ryan's biggest win of his career going to his former employer and beating them in their place. Uh in the Rex Ryan way, he wants to play defense. He wants to run the ball, and that's what he's able to do. He uh, made a mess for Ryan Fitzpatrick, and you kind of saw this coming at some point. Fitzpatrick was going to be the weak link in this Jets team, the reason that they took a step back, that maybe they weren't the AFC wildcard team we thought they were, despite that strong defense that they have. Ultimately, it was a good win for Rex, though I don't think it really brings any more clarity to the AFC East picture. So with that being said, it was good to see Shady have the day he did. I want to uh, point out Eric Decker right now. This guy's caught a touchdown in every game except one that he's played in. Really coming into the year, fantasy football-wise, he was looked at as a second fiddle to Brandon Marshall, who, depending on the league you're in, he still has produced less than Marshall. But you know, if you're in a touchdown-heavy league or standard scoring, Decker's really been the model of consistency this year. So really, if you had Decker on your team, good call by you, and I don't see any reason why this would slow down. Um, touchdowns tend to be fluky. Most people in fantasy say touchdowns are fluky, but clearly this guy has found a way to find the end zone consistently. 
I'm going to stick to just three points right now. Uh, they're, some of these might be considered bold claims, some probably not. Uh, Chris Ivory, I guess I don't have a year-long average and stats in front of me, but from the Jets games I've seen, I'd maybe go as far as to say Chris Ivory has been a top-five back in the league this season. He's extremely consistent. In this last game, he rushed 18 times for 99 yards. It's a five-and-a-half yard per carry average, and that's great for a team that really still doesn't have much of an offensive identity. Uh, you have to assume Todd Bowles wants to pick up where Rex Ryan left off trying to get a run game going and with that stout defense, but that was uh, something to definitely uh, watch in that game and keep watching moving forward. In the second half, Ryan Fitzpatrick made some Tom Brady Hall of Fame-esque throws. Uh, the... Uh, the outside, like uh, essentially post route to Eric Decker to convert on fourth down, that was sick. That was a gnarly throw that maybe Fitzpatrick's best throw of all time. Uh, so with that being said, Fitz had a had a shot when he was looking really good, but you look at the stats: 15 of 34, 193 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, not a great day for Fitzpatrick, but no one expected him to be. You know what, top-level passer for this team. And the last takeaway I had was Shady McCoy. You saw his shiftiness finally again. I mean, he's had a couple games where he's played pretty well, but this game he started to look more like his his old self. Uh, Awesome to watch. And both of these offenses, give them a couple years to develop, and they will, uh, AFC East will become the best division. We're having some technical difficulties on our side, so we're going to keep this one pretty short. We're going to go right into Pick'em. L, you're up. All right, everyone's favorite time of the week. It's a small uh, scoring update here. Trent, you are sitting at 19 points, but fret not, you are not in last place as quarterback Joel Newman sits at 18. Uh, kind of a three-headed race for first here. Austin, 22. Nick with a questionable 23, and I still hold on to the lead with 24. Still a lot that can happen, though, so let's get going. First, we have... The struggling Cowboys, Tony Romo's Cowboys, winless Cowboys since Tony Romo have gotten down Cowboys at the Bucks. Trent, who you got? Whew. Um, this one to me is, you know, it could go either way. Uh, the Cowboys have, if you look at their uh, past few games, they really have been in most of their games despite not having Tony Romo. And I think with Des Bryant um, back and healthy looking better every week, and um, a healthy Darren McFadden. I think the Cowboys will pull this one out. The Buccaneers just haven't been able to get it done for me. Doug Martin has not been uh, good as he was at the start of the year, so I don't think they'll be able to pull this one. I think it's Cowboys. This will be the first brick of Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston becoming a franchise quarterback officially. I think if the Bucks were able to take out the Falcons, I think they're going to be able to take out the Cowboys. Interesting. I don't think the Falcons are who we thought they were, so I'm taking the Cowboys. But who are the Cowboys? They're winless. They had a six-game losing streak. They're a good team without Tony Romo. They're a playoff team with Tony Romo. That's who they are. We are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. That That is some classic stuff right there. <laughs> All right, quarterback Joel Newman is taking the Cowboys, while sports reporter Nick is taking the Bucks. Up next, somehow this team always seems to creep onto the pick for some reason. We got the Minnesota Vikings traveling to the Oakland to Face. I'm not even calling them Trent's Raiders, but the Raiders. Trent, who you got this week? Um, do you even have to ask me this one? What? Of course I'm picking the Raiders. At home, it's going to be a dang good game, but the Raiders have got this one, and I know you guys are going to go with those Vikes, so I need to catch up to you guys, and I think this one might put me back on track. 
this is going to be a good game. I'm really excited to watch it, actually. And, yeah, I think the Vikings are going to win, though. I think they're a better team, top to bottom. Uh, I think Derek Carr may have, he may, has, may have more production at quarterback this year than Teddy Bridgewater, but I'd rather have Bridgewater for 10 years than Carr. I was really big on Bridgewater coming out of the draft. I think the, I think the Vikings got a skill, and they got him. Put him with the rest of the talent and a, a great coaching staff. And, yeah, I think the Vikings are going to pull this one out. Uh, I think this is the first of many times these two quarterbacks already have been and will continue to be compared to one another. Uh, looking back at drafts, probably two guys who would go much higher in the draft now if we were to redo the whole thing. Uh, but what what Austin said, I completely agree with. I think the Vikings have a better roster led by Adrian Peterson, a guy that the Raiders just don't have on that side of the ball. Uh, Cards in an offense that is focused around him. Bridgewater's in an offense focused around AP. And our defense is playing uh, pretty special right now. So give me the Vikings quarterback Joel Newman's on the Raiders along with sports reporter Nick. So we got three on the Raiders, two on the Vikes. Oh. So should be a great game, though. All right, up next we have Patriots at Giants. This one sounds uh, pretty obvious, but when you dig a little deeper, it looks like Coughlin, there's a story on ESPN how Coughlin might have Belichick's number, and he's won something of five of the last six or something like that, high number of wins, the only coach that really can – who's won consistently against Belichick. So I'm really looking forward to this one. Trent, who you got? Uh, well, I have one question for you. Is this game in the Meadowlands? Or? This one is at New York. At New York. You know, this one is going to be a close game, and, you know, uh, Coughlin may have Belichick's number, but I still do not think there is any way that the Patriots um, can lose this one. Patriots just have looked too good. Um, they've been able to dominate the last few weeks, even with – Gronk not doing too much. Um, RIP my undefeated fantasy team, thanks to Gronk. Anyway, I I really do think that the Patriots will be able to pull this one out, otherwise, even though it'll be a good game. There's no chance the Giants win. I think no. the Patriots have this lockdown. I think back to the undefeated season, it was a close game in the regular season when they played, but the Patriots won that one. If the Giants get a wild card bid and they're playing in the Super Bowl, maybe I'll give it to uh, Coughlin then. But no, Patriots keep go- they roll. You know, I'm one of the biggest Gronk fans out there. I love me play a Tom. Please bet against the Patriots. And it's just something about this Giants team at the Meadowlands. Mm-hmm. I kind of just feel it all coming together. The Patriots are pretty banged up right now. No Deion Lewis. Their offensive line has been shifted all over the place. And though I can't take the points because we're not betting spreads, I'm going to take the Giants straight up. Yeah, we'll say interesting to look at uh, the loss of their tackle. That's going to be important to watch how they can get uh, production from that spot now. I also yeah. do like LeGarrette Blunt in this game. Had a great week last week and will be getting majority of the carries. So fantasy people, don't be afraid to play LeGarrette Blunt this week if you need a running back. Also, Pierre Paul came back last week and looked good. And alluding to Austin's point, I think that uh, has a lot to do with this matchup this week. So. Give me the G-Men and report, sports reporter Nick and Joel all on the Patriots, so I'm alone on my island over there, as I probably should be. Ellis right. Island. Ellis Island, <laughs> imagine that. All right, up next we got a really, really good Sunday night game. Cardinals traveling to the 12th man in Seattle. Trent, who you got? Um, You know, this game being in Seattle, Seattle really has not impressed me this year, um, and the Cardinals haven't played as well as I originally had thought they would. Um. You know, right now where I am, I have to keep picking uh, teams that are going to pull off upsets, and I think Seattle might pull this one off. Um, it might not be really considered an upset, being that it's in Seattle, and you know, and really, when you look down to it, they're the Seahawks. They, um, you know, have 
been a great team for the last few years, and I I really do think that they can uh, start to turn their season around here with a win against the uh, uh, the Cardinals here at home. This is in Seattle. Correct. Yes. Oh, it won't matter though. The Cardinals are going to win this game. They're third in total offense and they're third in total defense. Even though the Seahawks are second in total defense, it won't matter. The Cardinals are just better. I think they are. I could not agree with you more, Austin. And if the Seahawks lose this game, slide to four and five. Are they out of the playoffs? Is this for their season? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. I don't think so yet. All right. Fair enough. I'm willing to go as far as it might be. Seven-two uh, Cardinals team, a four and five Seahawks team. Wild card spots looking pretty tight. It would really take a. No, you're right. It really, it really isn't for the season. But um, big game nonetheless. But I think the Cardinals get this one. Uh, just a better roster, and Seattle has not been able to figure out <coughs> their woes offensively. All right, we don't need to waste much time with this Monday night. We do it every week, though. Texans at Bengals. Uh, Bengals. Unprecedented for Bengals to be undefeated. They've never been this good, and they're gonna even. They're gonna keep being. They're gonna get better. They're gonna win this game. Yeah. <laughs> yep, we're all on the Bengals. Uh, shows that probably why you can't pay defensive players to make plays for you. It's about quarterback. But that is all the time we have. I want to thank everyone for listening, and also W U. EC 89.7 for the time in the booth. For myself, Trent Tetzloff, and Austin May, we are Triple Threat Podcast. We are signing off. Have a great fantasy. Yo, yo, what up, what up? It's your boy, L. Will, the man's, the boy, the man's. Chilling with my fellows and the crew. The Triple Thought Podcast. Hoobly thought I told you. If you're a fantasy football player in this game, you should hold true. Oh, bars. <laughs>